Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you. Uh, thank you for reaching out and not being um, just a normal person. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you reached out and you were like, hey, I wanna talk about this thing that most people don't actually talk about. And you're telling me that you're the first, you know, I'm getting into your side of this. So Mark, why don't you just tell us what you do for a living and one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little bizarre or a little odd. Yeah, so I am the lead scientific researcher at Fellow One Research. I have pioneered biotype science since 2003. Uh, which includes the scientific biotech quiz and the scientific weight loss diary and something about me that is odd that most people probably can identify with but didn't realize that there was actually terminology for it was is i since i was born i have lacked muscle and muscle mass all over my body and in place of that is skin fat uh, which has caused all kinds of problems throughout my life uh, but yeah that's a good start that's that's an interesting thing, yeah. Because I'm sure most people don't really think about <clears throat> about that specifically. You know, I'm sure, and we can probably just get right into the the topic that we want to talk about. Because uh, I think a lot of people will think about, well, I get my genes from my parents, so therefore I kind of look like this, and this is how it is. But tell us a bit about body science and kind of what got you into that and how it started. Well, that's really is. It's about genetics. Um, so. Obesity is common in our family, especially on my father's side of the family. So when I was eight, I was out on the soccer field. Uh, I was actually a star soccer player when I was eight. I was on a championship team and I was the star player. But I was eight and everyone was small. You're just kids. But I began noticing during shirts off soccer practice and time down at the local swimming pool that there was something different about my body that I was missing muscle and muscle mass all over. And in school, you learn about the standard scientific human body anatomy of biotype one, uh, you know, it's that it, it's the standard image in any uh, anatomy book that has all the muscle and muscle mass. And when you look at that and you come compare your body to it, you expect to have all that muscle and muscle mass because that's what science says. And that's what the doctor says. When I would go in for my annual checkup, uh, I would be well within my safe BMI weight range. And they would say, you're totally normal. When I would ask them, hey, where's all the muscle and muscle mass I'm supposed to have on my body? They wouldn't even give it a second thought because I was within my safe BMI weight range. Um, but it, that was a huge problem. Um, again, I was only eight at the time when I started to really notice, but by the time I hit 10 and then by the time I started to hit puberty, more and more fat grew. And I asked again, hey, where's all the muscle that I'm supposed to have? And everyone said, oh, don't worry about it. You're within your safe be in my weight range. And I said, oh, I am worried about it because I can't run as fast. I can't run as long. I, I lacking muscle and muscle mass has direct uh, consequences to your day to, to day life. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't compete with all of you guys out on the soccer field as we got older and I had to quit soccer. I tried tennis, but I was so weak that I couldn't hold the racket with two hands. So I gave up on tennis. I, I really gave up on sports in general. 
and I really shifted to trying to, to figure out why am I lacking all this muscle and, and muscle mass and how do I fix it? So that led me to weightlifting and, and yada, yada, but none of that helped because I had so much skinny fat and fat on my body that it was very difficult to put any weight on. And I followed the guys that I was hanging out with who were heavy weightlifters. I followed their diet. I followed their exercise. I followed their supplements. None of it helped. And so by the time I was in my uh, uh, 20s and I had left college, that was really when I started on my journey to figure out hey, what's going on. Wow. So let's take a step back and kind of third party perspective here. You're an eight year old saying, I think there's a problem. <laughs> That level of awareness is pretty awesome because most eight-year-olds are like, I like dinosaurs. <laughs> that's, right. that's about it. <laughs> They're like, I'm a huge fan of dinosaurs and give me some bugs, you know, but past past that. Yeah. So how, how did you know that there was sort of a problem? You weren't just being a little kid. I was bullied relentlessly and it wasn't because I was a coward and it, and it wasn't for any other reason, but because I was this small, weak, scrawny kid and I was an easy target for bullies. And that started at home. And then it, on my way to school, at school, on the way back from school, and then at home again, I was bullied relentlessly. And because it was the mid-80s, bullying was normal. And you were a snitch or a tattletale or a martyr if you said anything about it. And so I, I, I just I, I started to question, hey, you know, I, I, I'm not a coward, and I and when I try and stand up to somebody who is is bullying me, I get my ass kicked. And so, and again, and I was actually very agile and quick, and I could dodge and move. But when it came to you know essentially being in a fight and trying to stand my ground, I always got my ass kicked. And and it wasn't because I wasn't athletic. I, again, I was a very star soccer player. I, so in general, things just didn't add up. And when I would look at my peers and look at, at their body, they looked like the standard scientific human body, anatomy book body type one. I mean, they had all of the muscle. They looked just like it, even at age eight, because even when you're at that age, you have all that muscle, according to science and medical doctors. You're just young, and it's just not as, you know, as developed as it is when you're older. But I did not. Uh, and so it was just recognizing there's something seriously wrong with my body. Uh, and, of course, my father being in obese man, it was just a common thing for my mother and father because they saw it all the time, but that was common for them. They didn't think anything of it as being unnormal. It just was what it was. But the fact of the matter was, is it wasn't normal and it caused serious problems in my life. So that's why I had that. And I, I'm also an old soul, as some say. So I, I was just more aware of things in general anyways, but kind of don't have much choice when you get your ass beat on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, kids are, kids are mean <clears throat> just in general, because most kids that are mean to other kids, they're hurt kids just trying to hurt other people because they're hurt. They don't know how to get it out. Um, it's interesting though. Cause I was a, I was a chunky kid and I, I, I have muscle, but it took me a while to kind of get through that. But I was picked on cause I was fat and, all of that, but that those thoughts never really occurred to me. So how did you have a conversation with your parents who were, you're saying your dad was obese and you're saying, I don't feel like I'm growing muscle. How did that conversation go? It just, how did it go? It was really quick. It was, 
there's nothing wrong with you. You're totally normal. And they just went on with their day. That was it. And it was just like a normal Tuesday morning, just like mm, move it along. That was it. It was really that quick because it was just normal to them. And it was, it's normal in our family. And so they just didn't really think anything of it. Uh, and again, because I would go to the doctor and the doctor would say he's totally normal. He's within a safe BMI weight range. Uh, but we know that the BMI is not accurate. And there are many reasons, or at least multiple reasons why. Uh, but no one really gave it any thought because I was just an eight-year-old kid. What do I know? Let me ask you, uh, in terms of now, do you uh, would you say that now as an adult that you look like the standard scientific human body anatomy look like type one with all muscle and muscle mass fully developed? Or do you have skinny fat on your body or fat on your body or have tendencies to put fat on your body where there should be muscle and muscle mass? Are you lacking muscle and muscle mass somewhere on your body? I appreciate the question. And I like how the tables can turn sometimes um, where, yeah, realistically, part of the reason why I started this show is because of the trauma and shit that I've gone through and being able to process through that as a kid that I was a chunky kid, like in, I don't know, third grade, somebody called me Twinkie. And I was like, fucking Twinkie, what the hell is that? I remember going home and asking my mom what a Twinkie is. And she was like, why? And I was like, some kid called me a Twinkie. Like, what the fuck is a Twinkie, you know? Um, but I was just a, a kind of a pudgy kid because I, I didn't eat well and I didn't really, whatever. Or so I thought. I was like, I'm not eating well. I'm not playing the sports that I want to play. But I played some of the sports. But I basically played like left back on away games where they were like, you're good enough to sit here because we need X amount of you. Um, but baseball was kind of my jam where I played and I moved around a lot, but I don't think I got to the point where I, um, I actually went further with it. I got to like eighth grade and was like, I don't want to deal with politics in high school and stopped. So I started rollerblading and aggressive skating and did notice that I thinned down a bit cause it was hyper car cardio, but I wasn't doing anything to gain weights. I'm saying all this because right now as a almost 38 year old man, there are moments where I look at my body and I think of that little kid and I still kind of have to work through that almost dysmorphia at times. Um, but there are areas on my body that I feel there's a bit more fat to it. One that I like, you know, that I wouldn't want there, but two that I don't feel is 100% natural. So I could only imagine uh, from my perspective that it would have to look very abnormal to be able to see like, yeah, I, I feel like I got a normal body. Like at this point, I'm a five foot 10 average white man uh, with a pretty normal friggin' body. I was a fat little kid, but I grew up to work out. Um, but I have to do this now. So I could, again, I'm kind of thinking from my perspective of being that little kid and saying, well, maybe there's a problem. Uh, that's just a level of awareness. Unless it's, how did you see that on your body that you're just gaining more fat, but not muscle? Oh, there was, um, so there were, there was essentially just like fat nodules all over my body, like my, where I was supposed to have, um, you know, normal nipples and such. There was just this, this, this chunky fat that, that, that was there. And it was obvious that I was lacking the actual muscle and muscle mass. Like you could see on my peers, like they just had this lean muscle mass and they were ripped, you know, even though they were eight, they, as ripped as you can be at eight, they still had all that muscle mass that a body type one has. And I just didn't. And so it was just noticing. And, and the other thing that I'll say is I was a super active kid. 
if I hadn't been a super active, super active, I played sports all the time. And then when I was at home, I very rarely sat inside and did anything. I was usually outside playing. I was out in, in the woods running for miles. I was a super active kid. So I would have been an obese kid had I not been that. If, if I had been born in the 2000s where there were ample video games and all the stuff that we have now in terms of, of the internet, I would have been an obese kid because there would have just been too many temptations not to. But then, and it wasn't like we didn't have video games. We had the first um, ColecoVision, and but it was just they were they were just limited games, and it was just it was just a, a different time. So I was super active, but I would have most certainly been an obese kid, if not a very obese kid, because by the time I hit my mid thirties, uh, I w- I was starting to push three hundred pounds, and I didn't like how I looked. Uh, so, and that was during the actual research. I was just, uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, is that answering what you had asked? Yeah. And that's, that's interesting, man. Cause, um, so for the most part, most of the audience, I think listens to this show auditorily through their podcast app on their phone or what have you. But this is also on our YouTube channel as the full video, a little bit of plug, go to the YouTube channel. Um, so, but I can see you cause we're doing the video and I can tell that you're thin. So for you to talk about going from being a, a kid that has nodules of fat with a dad that's telling you, nah, it's normal, just how we are to then basically becoming that and working through it. So let's kind of fast forward a little bit. We talked a lot about your childhood and that sort of stuff. Um, let's jump to when it was in college or even in your thirties, when you're working through this and really what you've done, that process that you went through for yourself. So first it was figuring out what's, what is my actual body type? So of course I, I looked at all the different options. I looked at the endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph, and there was no basis to that whatsoever. There was, there was no science behind it. It was just this arbitrary subjective nonsense that said you're an apple or you're a pear and it's like why do i look like an apple or a pear why do i look like anything can you explain that for the audience to to know at least what the base is of that i'm sure there are some people that don't yeah so in terms of body type science there are three standards that mainstream science and medical doctors use to judge a human body by there is only one body type that is the standard scientific human body anatomy book body type one and that is the only body type that science recognizes. And if they recognized any other body type, you would find that in a scientific anatomy book, but there are none. So every human being, 100% of every human being is a body type one when you're born. And the only reason that you're not a body type one is because you're eating too many calories daily, which means that you are now overweight or obese. And and the way that you get back down to being a body type one is you eat less calories, you burn more calories, you get back down within your safe mind. Voila, you're a bi-type one again. But of course, uh, from what you know about me so far, when I was eight, I most certainly was not a bi-type one. And it wasn't for any other reason, but because of my genetics. So the, the, the first standard is the bi-type one that you find in any scientific human body anatomy book. The, the second standard is the body mass index, which became the official standard in 1985. It's been around since the 1800s, but it, be, it became the official standard in 1985. And it is not accurate for at least several reasons. One being because 
It is a genetic scientific fact that any part of the human body can be underdeveloped to whatever degree. And that means that includes muscle or muscle mass. So another reason why the BMI is not accurate is it's possible to have more muscle on your body that takes you into the overweight or obese column, but you most certainly are not overweight or obese, kind of like Dwayne Johnson, the rock. That dude is not obese. He's not overweight. But if you were to, but if you were to run his BMI, he's likely going to fall within the overweight or obese columns of his BMI weight range. So that is standard number two and why it is not accurate. Um, standard number three is the basal metabolic rate, BMR. That is the number of calories daily that your specific body requires just to do its basic function. And so long as you're eating calories that are at or below your BMR, then you won't put on any fat weight and you'll stay looking like anybody type one. Problem is, is that skinny fat, which is a newer term, it's only been around now for about a decade or so. We've known about cellulite for much longer, but skinny fat has become a scientific term in the last decade or so. And skinny fat is cellulite, thin fat, loose skin, saggy skin, crepey skin, or normal weight obesity. So there are people like me, even now, even though I'm thin, I still have skinny fat all over my body. And, when I, and because I'm within my safe BMI weight range, I have normal weight obesity. So that basically means that I'm within my safe BMI weight range, but I still have fat all over my body. And the problem with that is that, one, it carries the same risks as obesity in general, having normal weight obesity. Two, because science recognizes that one pound of muscle mass burns six calories daily, but one pound of skinny fat and fat only burn two to three calories daily, if you have skinny fat on your body where you should have muscle and muscle mass, it directly negatively affects your metabolism. So if you're following the standard BMR, you're likely still eating too many calories daily if you have skinny fat on your body where there should be muscle and muscle mass. So those are the three mainstream science and medical doctor body type standards. Those are the only standards that mainstream science and medical doctors accept as being scientific and real. All of the body types, whether it's the endomorph, ectomorph, and mesomorph, or triangle, or kibbe, or tin body types, or, home, or hormone body types, none of those are scientifically accepted and they are backed by no science whatsoever. Of course, we know that hormones affect body type. I'm not saying that that's not true, but if a hormone body type were true, and that would mean that every person who has a quote-unquote thyroid hormone biotype would be diagnosed with a thyroid imbalance. But that's just not true. There are plenty of people in the world who have the shape of a thyroid body, but have never been diagnosed by any medical doctor with having a thyroid issue. So hormone biotypes, and this is the biggest argument that I get from folks, is that hormone biotypes are real. They are scientific. No, they're really not. There's definitely science that, that says that hormones affect your body in terms of weight loss and weight gain, but there's no evidence that hormone biotypes are real. And, and yeah, so I'll sort of uh, pause there and see if I'm making any sense here. Oh yeah, making total sense. I appreciate that. I uh, I, I want to know how it uh, translates into what you do and where you saw that you can kind of bridge between what what currently is and what you believe to be the truth. Got it. So once I figured that out, then it was figuring out how do I add muscle and muscle mass to my body. And that was really 
the main motivating factor is I would like to have muscle and muscle mass on my body, just like everyone says I already do, uh, but I don't. And so muscle and muscle mass, they are what give an athletic person their athleticness. Now, of course, there's skill and talent and such because there's plenty of people who have a body type one and have they're loaded with muscle, but they have no talent or skill and they're uncoordinated and you know, they just aren't very good athletes, even though they have a body type one. So I'm not saying that muscle is the cure-all. And if you have muscle, you'll be a star athlete. There are, there are most certainly other variables. But if you are missing or lacking muscle and muscle mass, then you, one, again, are prone to, to being bullied. Uh, you, it will negatively affect your, your uh, BMR. You lack strength. You lack speed. You lack agility. You lack the ability day in and day out to go out into the world and hold the energy well. So if you look at someone like Will Smith, who, you know, under a lot of pressure at the Academy Awards, snapped and lost it, right? And so what muscle does is it helps you hold the energy. And if you are out in the world and you are dealing with a lot of pressure, especially if you are becoming more famous or you're becoming you know, more respected at your job, if you don't have muscle and muscle mass, you will have strong tendencies to put on more fat where you're lacking that muscle and muscle mass. And so my goal was to figure out how do I put muscle onto my body the right way? Well, I tried weightlifting and I tried all of the standard processes, but because I had so much skinny fat on my body, it just didn't work very well. And so when I was in college, I literally just mirrored some of my friends who were by type ones, they were all muscle, and they, and they could go down to the gym and they could lift weights one time and they would just be bulked up. So I followed them and I did their same exercises and I ate their same meals and I did all their supplements. And no matter what I did, I just could not put muscle and, and muscle mass on. Uh, at least not at the rate or the way that they were. I would put it on in certain areas where I had a little bit of muscle, but putting it on on areas where I had skinny fat was just nearly impossible. So I went from having a bird's chest to, or a, a sparrow's chest to having a raven's chest. It was just a bigger bird. Um, so all that essentially led me to figuring out that this is about posture. This is about vertebrae. And this is about understanding that every vertebra houses a specific set of muscles. And if those muscles are underdeveloped, which we know is scientifically a genetic fact that it's possible that you can have any muscle or, or, or muscle mass can be underdeveloped, then I was I started looking at my vertebra. And so I started doing yoga, but I found that yoga for someone like me was impossible because I just didn't have any muscle or muscle mass. So doing all those poses, which so many people poo-poo as being easy, most certainly are not. And if you've ever, if you've never done yoga, but you're a anti-yoga person, I challenge you to go try yoga. It is not easy. It's very difficult. But so as I was trying all these things, it's like nothing is working. Uh, and it's not like I'm not putting in the real effort. I'm, I'm certain that I'm doing things right, but I'm just not adding any muscle. And so I ended up developing my own proprietary exercises that were essentially sort of a yoga, but using gravity while, while standing up. And so over the last 20 years, I've been doing those exercises. And I was, uh, I would talk more about those, but unfortunately they really are experimental and proprietary. And I don't want to you know, encourage folks to try something that could literally harm their body. 
but that's what I figured out. So it was basically figuring out how to do those exercises and slowly building muscle over time relative to those exercises. And as I figured it out, I did, I built muscle. So I built muscle now from roughly my cervical down to my lower thoracic, but I'm still missing the muscle and muscle mass relative to my uh, very lower thoracic down to my lumbar and to, into my sacrum. And that's what I'm working on now. And that's really my process of self-mastery is I, I want to be in a state of uh, balance. A state of balance is a standard scientific human body anatomy group by type 1, but it's how you get there. If you do weightlifting exercises and you're doing you know, repetition, the problem with that is once you stop doing the repetition, the, all the muscle that you built will go away because it's not part of the standard default muscle on your body. And so am I making any sense here? Yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> I'm just allowing you to kind of riff. I appreciate you going on with it. I, I, I want to know how you managed your mindset through that whole process of figuring that out and what you can share with the audience that may be going through that. Don't give them your secret sauce, especially that secret sauce is too spicy, might hurt them. Um, but give them some of the things because I think there are certain people that may just be going through it where they're like, I don't know how to do this, but it they may not be doing it right, working out, that means for their body type. So what sort of advice would you give them along with how did you manage your mindset through it? First is figuring out what your actual scientific body type is because that's really key. If you're following some arbitrary nonsense like the endomorph, ectomorph, or mesomorph, then you're not following science. You're not following any logic or reason that says why your body is the shape that it is. So you can go to our website and take our scientific body type quiz and learn what your actual scientific body type is. And why? Once you've done that, then it's really figuring out diet and exercise. And really lifestyle, because sleep is just as important as what you eat and the activity that you do. But figuring all that, my mindset, that's also tricky because no one believed a word I said. No one believed anything that I was doing. And, and so I basically just dropped out and I just said, you know what? I've tried working regular jobs, but every time I do, I can't keep up with it because my state of health is so poor that at, at this point, I'm working 40-hour weeks. I am getting nowhere. I'm making no real money. I'm basically living in poverty, living 40-hour weeks. And no one wants, no one, the doctors, my, no one wants to hear anything about what I'm saying because I'm within my safe BMI weight range, and that's all they care about. The only reason that I didn't excel as a soccer player, according to my parents, was because I was lazy, because I wasn't working hard enough. And I worked my ass off. I started lifting weights in my teens. And so what I was dealing with was trauma from literally no one believing anything that I was saying or doing, and everyone abusing me pretty much in every way that you could be abused. It was less physically, I would say, but mentally and emotionally, I was being gaslighted every day of my life. And so that made things extremely difficult. And I essentially dropped out and I said, you know what? Fuck everyone. If you don't believe anything that I say, I'm not going to say anything else to you. What's the point? And I basically just stopped talking to my family and my friends who, what is a friend? A friend is supposed to be someone who listens to you and, and supports you, especially through hard times. But no one did. No one believed a word I said. And so I literally just sort of dropped out. And I moved to the country in rural New Mexico and 
lived off very, very little. And I started to figure out why my body was broken, why there was such a problem with it. Because I wasn't happy living a quote unquote normal life at all. It was totally miserable. And I thought about suicide and I just didn't want to, to do it anymore. So once everyone told me that they didn't believe anything that I said or did, it was like, well, great. That basically sets me free. It's like, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. I'm not lying. It's obvious that I'm missing muscle and muscle mass all over my body. Everyone agrees that I was missing muscle and muscle mass all over my body, that I was a weak, strong kid, yet because I was within my safe BMI weight range, they didn't care. And so after I, after I, I, I dropped out, I spent all, like 15 years essentially alone by myself because what I believed in is self-mastery. What I believed in is the mastery mindset. It's one of the reasons I was super interested in coming on your podcast was because that's what I, I think that life is about self-mastery. It's about figuring out what your imbalances are, regardless of what anyone else is saying to you. And that's a tough thing because when your entire family calls you a liar and you're not, right? And everyone else is calling you a liar. No one believes anything that you say or do. That's devastating. It's, it's soul crushing. But I was left with a choice. I could either follow through and commit suicide, or I could say, fuck everyone and let's go and live my life and figure this out. And that's what I did. And so it was really just realizing that if you, you have to have the strength to follow your own path, to believe in yourself, but you also have to have the logic and the reason and the science to back it up. You have to understand that there's something wrong with me. What is that thing that is wrong with you? Well, for me, it was my physical body. It started with my physical body. There was something seriously wrong with my physical body. And that led to the mental and emotional unbalance and trauma and unhealth that I was dealing with. But it really all started with my physical body. And that's why it all was a focus on fixing my physical body. And I knew that in time, if I could get through those hard years, and they were like 15 plus, really until I sit here now, 20 plus years, basically isolation and loneliness and figuring it all out. That's now where I sit and, and now I'm coming out into the world with the science, with the website, with the data, with everything that I'm talking to you now about so that folks can understand, yeah, you know, not everyone is born in, in a body type one. And, and, and scientists and doctors, as much as we need them, I'm not knocking scientists and doctors, but they have a strong tendency to be really arrogant and only hear what they want to hear and not really help when they should be. Um, and so that's essentially my mindset as I was coming through all that was, it's my life, it's my life. And if I'm going to actually find self-mastery, if I'm going to actually find balance in my life, then I've got to live my life for me. So is that making sense? Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I really appreciate that you didn't go through with the suicide because of the work that you've done, the person you are being on this show, the help that you're giving the people. Um, there, there's a lot to that, you know, uh, a lot of people wouldn't know that stuff. And a lot of people also, even if they go through shit like that, don't naturally talk about it. So props to you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and look, the fact that you're going through and you're doing the work and being, being like, look, I know there's something here and fuck you people because if you don't, that's fine. I'll go figure this out on my own. 
I think more people need to have that in a balance where you don't just go fucking crazy, um, but to have that balance with it. So, man, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I appreciate you being here. Hey, what's that one piece of advice you'd give somebody that's on their path towards self-mastery? You have to believe in yourself. Don't listen to what the naysayers are saying. Don't listen to what the dumbasses up on social media are saying. Don't listen. Listen to yourself. But make sure, as you just said, that you're doing it in a responsible way where you know, you're not just flying off the handle or, you know, or where it might lead to you actually losing it mentally and emotionally. Uh, but yeah, definitely believe in yourself. That's awesome, man. Again, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, tell us, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? So you can find me up at fellowone.com. Um, please go and check out the Scientific Lifetime Quiz, the Scientific Weight Loss Diary. Uh, we don't push any particular diet or exercise. We have a whole list of um, both up on the site because we believe that everyone is an individual and one diet will work for one person or exercise that won't for another. Um, so check those out, please. I also have a book. It's called Overprivileged White Guy. And I, I named it that simply because I was born in a, in a by type four. Uh, and that was hard enough. And when I got out into the world, especially in this country, I recognized right away that racism was a huge problem. So I couldn't imagine not being a white dude in this country and being a body type four. I most certainly would not be sitting here if that were true. So I named the, the, the book that sort of racy title because I wanted to bring awareness to that. Uh, the book is about my journey. It talks about the science, but it's not some boring scientific jargon book. It's actually a novel that is based on my journey. Um, so there's that. You can also find us up on social media. Uh, we have two different types of uh, accounts. We have before body types, which is basically just all of our research and data. And then we have what's called Ask Gnosis, uh, which you can also do on, on the website. It's basically like Siri or Alexa, where you can ask questions. You can ask for free up on social media. Just be aware that we're super busy, so you can't answer everyone. You can also go to the to the website and buy credits, or you get credits if you buy the advanced scientific weight loss diary. And you can ask our expert team, which I am a part of, uh, science-based diet exercise and lifestyle questions to help you on your journey as well. well. That's awesome, man. Again, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate your listening. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So, what did you think of the show today? I'd love to hear your thoughts and check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. Check out the show notes for more info from today's episode and check out other episodes on the mindset and selfmasteryshow.com as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look up the mindset and self-mastery show. Thanks again to our incredible guests for being real, honest, and vulnerable with us today. And I'd like to thank our sponsors.
the Manly Club, and the Powerhouse Men Brotherhood. Men, do you consider yourself to be a powerhouse man? The criteria for becoming one is simple. Live with virtue and do good work. You see, a powerhouse man builds his life. He doesn't settle for it. He attacks mediocrity at the root, and that's exactly what we do in the Powerhouse Men Brotherhood. Visit powerhousemen.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-H-O-U-S-E men.com. And most importantly, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Your support means the world to us. And with that, remember, your mindset matters, and so do you.